I would like gospel. We'll continue in chapter 2 today. Uh, I'll be reading chapter 2, verses 21 through 38. So I invite you to hear the word of the Lord. Chapter 2, verse 21. After eight days had passed, it was time to circumcise the child. And he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it was written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came to the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts together be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. Well, take a deep breath, everyone. You did it. You made it. Good for you. You made it through Christmas. Whoo! I love Christmas. I really do. Christmas is fantastic, but it can be a little bit tiring sometimes. You know, there's nothing like it. I mean, the decorations. When, when else do you decorate this much unless you're a UGA fan, but not this week? When else do you get to decorate this much? I love it. Oh, and there's presents. Who doesn't like presents? And there's all the, the joy and the worship. It's pretty fantastic, but it can be a little bit tiring too. Schedules are crazy. crazy. I, you fit in 14 Christmas parties every week starting after Thanksgiving. Family uh, comes by. You have lots of good times with family. Some of them will arrange in advance and others will show up. 
and there's shopping, visits, and all this great stuff. And it's like the second time of year when, when it's not weird for you to cook a turkey for no reason. And, and you just, I love it. And now, and now it's already time to think about the new year and all the new year will bring. You can just let Christmas fade on into 2018 and turn the page. <laughs> Sometimes with a big sigh of relief. <sighs> At my house, we're getting ready to put all the decorations away. I told you about how many decorations are at our house. There's quite a few of them. But luckily, my wife Amanda has a fantastic system for it. It's wonderful. I am a blessed person for many reasons, and this is one of them. Everything has a box, specifically the right size, not just for the thing that goes in it, but for it to fit on the shelves like a Jenga puzzle. Everything has its box. Every box has its place. Every place is specifically laid out just for it so that next year, when we go to decorate for Christmas, she can just pull it out and do it. That's why I'm not in charge of undecorating for Christmas because all the lights get shoved in a bag and thrown into the shed, one on top of the other, and who knows where it is. We're also about to do that here at the church. We're about to undecorate for Christmas a little bit. We'll... Uh, We'll pack up the chrismons. We'll put all these wonderful ornaments on the tree. They'll, they'll get packed up, and we'll put them away neatly for next year. Uh, we'll, all the lights and the candles in the uh, windows, we'll put those away. And the advent wreath, we'll disassemble that and take it apart. Maybe we'll refresh the candles so they're ready for next year. And the nativity scene down here, we'll, uh, we'll put these guys away uh, as well. Just in, in a few days, a week or so. But that's pretty, a pretty interesting thing to do right there, isn't it? You put away the nativity scene. What we'll do is we got Mary and Joseph will have their little boxes. They're married now, so maybe they'll get the same box. Who knows? Um, the shepherds will have a box. Uh, I, there's not, the sheep go with them so they can take care of them. The wise men. The camel gets his own box because he's kind of large. And baby Jesus. We'll put baby Jesus in his little box. We'll put him in the closet on the shelf. But don't worry, uh, next year when we pull him out, he'll be just the same size. You don't have to worry. Nobody has to come up here during the year to change his diaper. We'll just put him in the box. We've oohed and odd over him, and we're excited about him, but we'll just take little baby Jesus and his mama and daddy and everybody, put him in a box in the closet, and uh, ready for him to come back next year just the same size to celebrate his birth one more time. It's part of what we do. Sometimes I'm glad we do it. We put away the decorations. I'm glad we do it. At my house, we have this long strip of jingle bells. Jingle bells are great, right? No, jingle bells are a great idea. It's a little belt of them with a ring. You put them on the front door so that every time somebody goes in or out, you're filled with Christmas cheer or filled with gritted teeth. It's wonderful. You open the door, jingle, 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 jingle. But it's kind of like when, when you forget to put the garbage can out at night and everybody's asleep, but you have to go out and do it. For some reason, the jingle bells are about 400 decibels louder. Sneak through. Oh, I've got to get the garbage out before everybody forgets. Clingle, jingle, 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 jingle. Daddy, what's going on? It's okay. Go back to sleep. So we get to put those away in the nativity set. We get to put all this away. It's part of what we do. Uh, but especially when it comes down to the nativity scene, it's really it's a far cry from realistic. Any parent will tell you, that birth is not the end of the line. You don't just have a baby, get real excited, and put them away. It's a landmark for sure, and some of you may have wished you could have done that. 
but parenting is far from complete. Amanda and I, we have three kids, and each time Amanda was pregnant, you don't, you don't really become a pro at this. It's, it's crazy each time. Uh, the birth, the day of birth seems so far away. We counted down the weeks from 0 to 40 or 0 to 36 or however long you kids took. It couldn't get here fast enough. We wanted to meet the kids. And let's be honest, pregnancy isn't puppies and rainbows for everybody, so we're kind of ready for that to be done too. But no sooner is a child born than you have to change that first diaper. (laughs) And it's late nights for a long time, constant supervision, raising the child. Did you know that you have to raise the babies you make? It's crazy. And I don't know if you know this or not, but after a couple of years, they develop this mouth. Nobody told me about that. Look at them. They know it too. My goodness. The day of a baby's birth is a milestone. You're glad you made it. Take a deep breath. You've done it. But it's not over. That's when the real work begins. Now, the real Mary had a real baby. And when Christmas was over, she couldn't just put her real baby in a little box and put him in the closet and go back home and pull him out again later. No, uh, she got to raise that baby. When the, he had to be nursed and rocked and bathed. And when the shepherds had gone back to shepherd their flocks by night and the wise men had come and gone, Mary couldn't just move on with life. After all that she'd been through, and you remember she'd been through a lot, a controversial pregnancy, a rocky engagement, uh, travel all the way down to Bethlehem on foot, giving birth in a cattle stall. After all that, I think Mary deserves a little bit of a break. Well, take a deep breath, Mary. You did it. But now the work begins. And part of that work was to travel one more time uh, to Jerusalem to dedicate Jesus at the temple and to have him circumcised. And so they make a trip to carry on that work, raising their baby in the faith. And it's on that trip where it kind of sinks in for a lot of people when they read the story uh, that Jesus' work has just begun too. It's an amazing thing that God became flesh and was born uh, and, and the Christ child, but That's not the end of the task. There's work to be done. And along the way, they meet a a gentleman named Simeon. I love Simeon. And in another sermon, I'd love to talk to you about just how many times the Holy Spirit is referenced in Simeon's life. That's a beautiful thing. Check up on it yourself. But he's a devout prophetic man. And he interrupts their trip to the temple. And he grabs the baby Jesus and proclaims, I have seen the Messiah. I can now die in peace. That's a great thing to read, but that's a little weird, don't you think? I mean, you're walking down, you got your brand new baby, and all of a sudden here comes a man and he grabs him out of your hands and says, I can die now. I said, well, buddy, I don't even know you that well. Let's take it slow. But he lifts the baby up and he says this and he blesses Mary and Joseph and the baby and he says, this child is destined for the falling and rising of many in Israel and a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed and you... Mary and Joseph, a sword will pierce your heart also. A sword will pierce their heart to reveal their inner thoughts, but also you know as well as I do, Mary did not maybe know how her heart would be pierced as Jesus was pierced. Turns out this child had a destiny, had work to do. And if that wasn't strange enough, they stumble upon a woman named Anna. Listen, I mean, this is a crazy trip. They How many times do you run into a couple of strange folks all at one time unless you're going to Walmart to shop for something? 
and she was a prophet. She stayed there. I know, I know some of you like to do this too. She worshipped and prayed and fasted at the temple day in and day out, just like some of you do. I know you never leave your pews. But she lived at the temple gates. And when she sees the baby, she jumps up and down in excitement and tells everybody, look no further, our Redeemer is here. He's right here. A baby. So it turns out that being born wasn't the end of the story for Jesus. God had come in flesh. Yes, that part's over. Take a deep breath. Enjoy it. But now the work begins. The work of redemption. Jesus won't sleep soundly in a little box in the closet. He had a short lifetime of work to do. And so do we. There's a wonderful um, post-Christmas poem. I love it so much. Uh, It's written by a man named Howard Thurman. He's an African-American dean of the chapel at Howard University. He's a theologian as well. And he's got this beautiful poem. It's challenging about what happens after. And it goes like this. He says, when the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flock, the work of Christmas begins to find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among people and to make music in the heart. The work of Christmas begins. If Christmas is all that we profess it to be, then it's not time to put it away just yet because the work of Christmas begins now. It's time for the work of Christmas in your life and in mine. It's time to find the lost. It's time to find the lost, to take up the example of Anna and to go into the crowds of people where they don't expect you and say, come here, your Redeemer is here. It's time to share the good news and to go and tell people that Jesus is there for them. That is the work of Christmas. And so my question for you is, who will you share the good news of Christmas with? Who will you share the good news of Jesus with? And how will you carry out this work this year? Because the work of Christmas is just beginning. And it's time to heal the broken. It's time to heal the broken. For each one of us to be a Christ-like presence in the lives of broken people. And you might wonder, I don't see a whole lot of broken people around here. But if you don't know, I'm sorry to disappoint you. Every person in the world is broken in some way. Sometimes you can see it. And sometimes you can't. And it's time for us, it's time for the church to make a commitment to pray for the broken down and the broken up and the broken hearted and the broken apart people that are all around us all the time. It's time for us to stand up for them, to stop them from being hurt. It's time to bring the balm of the gospel with them, to be a friend, to lift them up when they're down, to bring healing into their life, to encourage them and to walk alongside them, holding their up, them up in their brokenness. It's time for us to bring ministry to them. This is the work of Christmas. And so who will you minister to? Who will you carry into the healing presence of Jesus? Because the work of Christmas begins. Dr. Thurman reminds us it's time also to feed the hungry, to set people free, to rebuild, and to bring peace. 
It's time to feed the hungry and set people free and rebuild and bring peace. We are surrounded. I know sometimes it doesn't seem like it, as I don't know if this happens to you, but my world sometimes goes like this. It just happens to us. But in our own community, in the places where we live and spend the most of our time, we are surrounded by people in poverty, by people who are broken by their patterns of behavior, by addiction, by people who are at war with themselves, with God, and with others. But the good news is that the church is here because Christ is here and the work of Christmas has begun to feed the hungry. And I'm not just talking metaphorically either. Yes, let's feed the hungry souls. But who will you feed? Who will you feed? Who will you help to know that Jesus Christ has set them free? And who will you take the next step? And not just let them know that somebody has set them free, but show them how to be free. Who will you lead to freedom in Christ? The work of Christmas has begun. And the poem closes, it's time to make music in our heart. Now, I've always got a little song in my heart. I don't always sing it out loud because then I find myself very alone. Uh, But I've always got one in my heart. But this is what we're talking about. It is time for us to make the music of worship. To sing with our voice and to sing with our hearts. It's time for us to not just sing in this building and not just sing when we're in gatherings of Christians, but that our lives would be a harmony line in the great universal composition of God's praise and glory, that each one of us has a part and each one of us has a place, and that we complement one another with the song of our praise and honor and glory to God, that we live with music in our hearts, that we live with worship in our bones, that we live with the praise of God in our very being, and that we don't just do it alone as a solo, but that we recognize that each one of us in our worship complements the other, and it comes together and supports the other, and together we share in the worship of God. To make music in your heart, to make music with your lives, the music of worship. That's the work of Christmas too. And so I wonder who will you grow in fellowship with to worship in your daily life? How will you let the truth of Christmas inspire and transform your worship in this place and outside of this place? How can you carry worship outside of the hour and the order but into the hours and orders of your day to make the music of worship in our hearts. Christmas Day has come and gone. We deserve a deep breath. Some of us need a cleansing breath. I'm going to take one right now. I've been stuck in my house. I need some breathing. Some of us need a chance to reflect to look back on the greatness of either the season or the year and to look forward. So go ahead. Now's your chance. Take a deep breath. Soak it up. Enjoy the experiences that you've had. And if you have to enjoy the fact that it's over, now's the time. You can put away the Christmas tree. You can put away the jingle bells. You can put the lights back neatly in their boxes. I get it. You can put the nutcrackers back in the closet. But don't put Christmas away altogether. It's been a busy season. Go ahead, take a breath. But now, the work begins. Pray with me. 
Oh, Father, inspire us by your Holy Spirit that we might be filled with your Spirit to do the work of Christmas. That we might live it in our lives as Christ is reborn within us. That we might work to set people free, to share the good news to the lost, to feed the hungry and clothe the naked, encourage the brokenhearted, to lift up the broken down, to protect the vulnerable, and to worship you with all that we are. And take this moment, Holy Spirit, to take this word spoken over everyone and impress it in the heart of each one of us with just the thought or the feeling or the word that we need to make it true in our lives. We thank you and praise you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen.